you're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. Due to the graphic nature of this true crime, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of body horror, violence, and sexual assault. Please note that the following may not be suitable for all audiences. Between August and November 1888, one of the most infamous serial killers stalked the Whitechapel district of London's East End. Some have attributed dozens of grisly murders to Jack the Ripper, but only five are considered canon. All but one of his victims were killed while soliciting customers on the street. Each time, the victim's throat was cut, and the body was mutilated in a way that indicated the murderer had some knowledge of human anatomy. Once, half a human kidney, supposedly cut out of a victim, was mailed to the police. The authorities also received several taunting notes from a person calling himself Jack the Ripper and claiming to be the murderer. More than a hundred books about the Whitechapel killings have been published many of which swear they know the true identity of the murderer and the circumstances surrounding the crimes. The case of Jack the Ripper is possibly the most famous unsolved crime ever, but another string of lesser-known, similarly gruesome murders happened halfway across the world just a few years before. In Austin, Texas, an individual who became known as the Servant Girl Annihilator was responsible for the deaths of eight people between late 1884 and Christmas Eve 1885, attacking victims in their beds and then dragging them outside to mutilate their bodies. The killer eluded police, private investigators, and civilian mobs who took to the streets of newly settled Austin in anger and panic. He, as most witnesses claimed it was a man, has been called America's first serial killer, and his crimes remain unsolved to this day. Who was the Servant Girl Annihilator? Some investigators believe that before he prowled the foggy streets of London, Jack the Ripper struck first in the Texas Hill Country. Could the Annihilator and the Ripper be one and the same? Stay with me as we discuss the case of the Austin Axeman or the Servant Girl Annihilator. I'm Jaden McKell, and you're listening to Straight Up Enigmas. listeners. If you enjoy the show, it would be super amazing if you could head over to Apple Music, tap the subscribe button, and leave a review. It really helps out our podcast. Connect with us on social media where we post each episode as it airs. We're proud to be a member of the Straight Up Strange Network. I'll include a link to the network's Facebook page in the show notes. 
If you'd like to support our podcast, please check us out at patreon.com slash straight up enigmas to receive bonus content, shout outs on social media, personalized messages from me, and early access to our regularly scheduled episodes. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. In 1865, two decades before the murders, Austin was a rustic cow town with a population of under 5,000. The Civil War had ended on April 9th that same year, when Robert E. Lee surrendered the last major Confederate army to Ulysses S. Grant. But Texas wouldn't be readmitted into the Union until five years later, in March of 1870. According to Mental Floss, by the time of the murders in 1885, the city held 14,500 residents, several restaurants and hotels, and an under-construction Capitol building. Austin's future looked promising. And then, the murderer attacked. The killer's first victim was Molly Smith, a young black cook found in the snow near her employer's house on December 30, 1884, with a gaping axe wound in her head. Smith had also been stabbed several times in the chest, abdomen, legs, and arms. Less than five months later, on May 7, 1885, another young black cook, Eliza Shelley, was discovered. Shelley's head had nearly been split in two with an axe. The Annihilator's choice of target and his M.O. were becoming pretty clear. Irene Cross, a servant and the third black woman targeted by the Annihilator, was attacked on May 23rd. She was stabbed multiple times with a knife and all but scalped. It was around this time that short story author O. Henry gave the killer his nickname, quote, Town is fearfully dull, Henry wrote in a May 1885 letter to his friend Dave Hall. Except for the frequent raids of the servant girl annihilators who make things lively during the dead hours of the night. While bone chilling, the nickname was a bit of a stretch because only the first few to die were servant girls. The next victim was an 11 year old girl, Mary Ramey. Daughter of a black servant, Rebecca Ramey, was dragged outside into a wash house and stabbed through the ear on August 30th. The next two victims were a couple, Sweetheart's Gracie Vance and Orange Washington. On September 28, 1885, they were found with their heads crushed. The Austin Daily Statesman reported that Gracie was, quote, almost beaten into a jelly. But the Annihilator was just getting started. On Christmas Eve 1885, he committed two separate crimes in completely different locations, and unlike all of the previous victims, they were white. Susan Hancock, described by one reporter as one of the most refined ladies in Austin, and 17-year-old Eula Phillips were both murdered in their homes. Susan's head was split in two just before midnight on Christmas Eve, 
and her wounds showed that something sharp and thin had been stuck through her right ear into her brain. Eula's life ended around an hour after Susan was discovered on Christmas morning. Once again, her head had been bludgeoned by an axe. Like 11-year-old Mary Ramey, she had been sexually assaulted and her arms were pinned down by wood pieces. Absent in every other killing, the timber brought up a terrifying possibility. It was true that the wooden spikes could just be the annihilator taking advantage of the booming city's construction sites. Still, everyone wondered, what if another killer was at work? Did Austin have multiple serial killers on the loose? Until that point, no one had considered that there could be more than one maniac involved. At that time, the phrase serial killer hadn't been coined yet. No one thought of studying crime scenes to help create a psychological profile of a killer. Fingerprinting and blood typing hadn't been invented yet. The Annihilator stalked through the city, hunting down women no matter their race or class, striking on moonlit nights and then disappearing just as quickly. Private investigators were brought in by police, but their presence only increased the panic felt by Austinites. And then, just as quickly as they'd begun, the murders stopped. We'll be back right after this. This episode was sponsored by Best Fiends. You all know I love reading about unsolved criminal cases and ghost stories, but even I need a break sometimes. I find myself reaching for the mobile puzzle game Best Fiends whenever I need a mental palate cleanser. Best Fiends is a really fun game you can play on your phone. And while Best Fiends has challenging puzzles, it's a casual game anyone can play. I just made it to level 290. I love how you collect tons of charming characters and need to use them strategically for each level to defeat the evil slugs. You don't need an internet connection to play, so it's great for when you don't have any connection. Like when you're in a haunted castle, spooky forest, or alien spacecraft, for example. The game is visually stimulating with its bright colors and adorable characters. Plus, Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this 5-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. In the end, the Annihilator's body count totaled eight. Seven of the murder victims were women, five black, two white. They were all assaulted in their own homes in the dead of night, brutally axed while asleep in bed. The killer then dragged them outside into the backyard where he sexually assaulted and killed them, often leaving a bloody axe behind. Most of the women led hard-working lives with little to show for their labor except loving families. After the actions of the demented killer, those families were left grieving their loss for years to come. 
police were able to find bloody footprints at the scene of the crimes, meaning the killer went barefoot to creep silently into homes. The prints were distinctive. The right foot was missing a toe. Packs of bloodhounds ran the unpaved Austin streets every night, sniffing and howling. Possible eyewitnesses gave conflicting reports. A white man, a black man, a man wearing a Mother Hubbard dress. Though around 400 men were arrested in 1885 under suspicion of being the Annihilator, none were ever successfully tried. The list included Walter Spencer, the boyfriend of the first victim, acquitted after a two-day trial. Quote, two suspicious-looking white brothers found with blood on their clothes, Eula's husband Jimmy Phillips and Susan's husband Moses Hancock. Phillips, the prosecutors accused, was a copycat killer using the murders of Austin's working class as an excuse to kill his unfaithful and beautiful wife. Initially sentenced to seven years, Phillips' conviction was overturned within six months. Hancock's trial resulted in a hung jury. So, the Annihilator was still out there, but what was he, were they, doing? There are several theories about the real identity of the murderer and the sudden end to his killing spree. One possibility is that he was a Malaysian cook named Maurice, working at the Pearl House Hotel in Austin. Maurice told acquaintances that he planned to travel by ship to London and left town in January 1886, several weeks after the servant girl murders ended. He's considered a strong suspect because all of the victims except two or three resided in the immediate neighborhood of the Pearl House Hotel where he worked. The Austin American Standard ran a story about Maurice's flight to England in November 1888, around the time Jack the Ripper was terrorizing the woman of London. Is it possible that Maurice, responsible for the eight deaths in Austin, had traveled across the world to avoid captivity and continue his horrible midnight murders? Author Shirley Harrison also believes the Annihilator and the Ripper are one and the same, though she names Liverpool cotton merchant James Maybrick instead of Malaysian chef Maurice. It's an interesting hypothesis described by Harrison in her book, Jack the Ripper, The American Connection. According to Maybrick's own journals, which included confessions of killing prostitutes, as well as a page signed Jack the Ripper, Maybrick was in Austin on the dates the Annihilator murders occurred. Maybrick died, possibly of arsenic and strychnine poisoning administered by his wife, in May 1889, after both series of murders ended. Could Maybrick's death be the reason the killings ended? One more theory. A 2014 episode of History Detectives accuses Nathan Elgin, a young black man working in downtown Austin. Elgin, a cook and only 19 years old at the time of the Annihilator killings, was shot by police when he dragged a girl out of the saloon where he was drinking in February 1886. He died from his wounds right around the time the murders coincidentally or not, stopped. Now that over 100 years have passed since these brutal killings, we may never know the Annihilator's identity for sure. 
strangers were continually flooding the city, looking for jobs at Austin's many construction sites. Is it possible that he was just a man down on his luck and looking for work, who snapped and rampaged through the city streets? Could he have moved on after the Capitol building was finished in 1888, taking his bloodthirsty impulses with him? Followers of the case like to tie the servant girl murders to subsequent crimes along the eastern seaboard and then in Galveston, or to the similar murders of women in port cities the world over. In the opinion of your humble host, I'm honestly not sure what would be worse. That one man was responsible for the murders in Austin, London, Galveston, and the eastern seaboard? Or that so many different serial killers could be stalking the streets all at the same time? What do you think? Who was the servant girl annihilator? Could he have been the same person as Jack the Ripper? Find us on Instagram at Straight Up Enigmas or Twitter at Straight Enigmas and let us know. You can also contact us through email at straightupenigmas at gmail.com or through our website, straightupenigmas.home.blog. If you like the show, please remember to hop onto Apple Music to give us a five-star rating. It really helps the podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on our next episode of Straight Up Enigmas.